Hey, love. Welcome to Her Promise Circle podcast, a safe space to come as you are to receive the word you need to help you continue on your journey to healing, growth, and walking confidently into God's purpose for your life. It's full of all the things that you'll need to live boldly as the woman God created you to be. I'm your host and founder of Her Promise Circle, Mikkel. Get connected, let us support you where you are right now and where you're going. Okay, process of restoration. So my girls in our recent Bible studies have been going through it right along with me as we are learning and unlearning things from our past that have made life, you know, a little difficult in some areas, but it's okay. God is with us. God is working through us. He is strengthening us through this process of restoration But I just wanted to kind of break it down because I think that we are hard on ourselves. I think that we don't allow God to do his full work in us because it becomes hard over time. This stuff is hard to learn, to unlearn things that have been in your family for generations, to unlearn your bad communication styles, to unlearn your unfruitful ways of dealing with things. It's things that we've dealt with for years of our lives. If you're in your 30s, you almost lived about 20 years of your life on autopilot and you're just now becoming self-aware. Child, that's where I'm at, okay? So you need to have grace for this process. We need to realize that God is with us. We need to realize why he's working in us and it causes us to then be patient in this process to then be more pliable in this process and it can accelerate our process so let's talk about it sis we are unlearning things that are from trauma from pain we've suffered from things that are consequences of the sin that we lived in before this includes fear filling voids with you know, relationship after relationship or alcohol or drugs or spending money, whatever your thing is, you know, we're filling a void. We're wanting to feel needed or wanted or comforted. Our sinful habits, it's the things that God corrects us about on a daily basis, right? We are not ever without sin. It says he who says he's without sin is a liar in the word, okay? So, It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's something that we're dealing with and something that you get stronger in as God works in you, as you rely on his spirit. As we rely on the Holy Spirit to live holy, the easier it is for us. You are not just correcting behaviors. God is trying to make an inner change, a permanent change, so that this is now what you do. He's not saying with a rule book, smacking you over the head every time you do something wrong. Oh, like you're never going to get this. Da, 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 da. We talk to ourselves like that. The enemy talks to us like that, but God doesn't. God is patient with us. As we're unlearning things, he's patient with us because he knows that if he gets to the root of where these things come from, the root of why we do these things, then he can cause a permanent change in us, a permanent breakthrough, a broken stronghold, the yokes broken off of us the chains broken off of us all the good things right he is patient with you because he knows what's on the other end of this pruning you find your identity in him as you rely on him and allow him to show you who it is he's created you to be and what is in you and sometimes you don't even know what's in you until god allows you to go through the toughest tests 
Sometimes you don't even know how strong you are until you have to be. He breaks us of pride because humility is the only way to reach him and be sensitive to him. He helps us relinquish control in our lives, which is why we're so worried and have anxiety all the time. We're carrying burdens not meant for us. We are to take up his yoke, which is light, because he's got it. He's already has a plan for it. He's just trying to work in us so that we can trust him with it. What do we get from the process of restoration? Well, he teaches us how to communicate, how to love, how to experience life, how to have deeper relationships with him, but also ourselves and with others. He teaches us how to love not just other people, but ourselves. The word says that we are to love others as we love ourselves. And if you don't love yourself, child, how can you love other people? A lot of us don't even like ourselves. But as we begin to see life in ourselves through God's lens, that changes. He fixes us. He molds us. He makes us into his vision. You begin to see why God thinks you're beautiful, why he delights in you, why he loves you so much. It's such a beautiful process. So get your Bibles out. We have been going through constant wreckage in Bible study weekly. If you are part of our Bible study, you know. If you are not, come join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. Shameless plug. Give yourself grace through this process. Because pruning is hard, yes. It's not pointing out everything wrong with you. God is revealing everything right with you. God is revealing what he's placed in you. It feels like everything's wrong at first, but you're experiencing his light. So go ahead and get your Bibles out. Let's start reading some verses for the week. Okay, to get us started, to keep us motivated, let's go to the word, right? That's how we get truly filled. So how do we start this restoration process? Well, first, you have to be surrendered to God. Do you know that God's way is the best way? Are you tired of doing this thing on your own? You don't know how to heal you. You don't know which way to go. The Bible even says we don't even know what to pray. So if us in our humanity are flawed and weak in certain areas, why is it so hard for us to allow God to help us, allow God to be the Lord of our lives when he already has the plan and direction made for us? We worry about things God already has figured out. So first, the key is humility. Admitting that God is God, the God that you know him to be. And dwelling in that, abiding in him. That's what it means to abide in him. Knowing who God is and believing that he is that in your life. This surrender makes you sensitive. And so the more and more sensitive you get, the more and more you start hearing God. And most of you are familiar with conviction. Because you can't just be sensitive to hearing good things from God. You also have to be sensitive to his correction in your life. because. One thing God going to do, honey, is correct you. And sometimes we take this as a bad thing because it's like, oof, I did something wrong. I'm this sinful, awful creature. How is God ever going to use me? I literally get everything wrong. I literally, Lord, just told you I was sorry for doing this yesterday, and I did it again a month later. I did it again an hour later. What is wrong with me? We constantly beat ourselves up. That, my friend, is condemnation. That is from the enemy, and that is not where we're dwelling. We are going to delight in the correction of God, which is given as a redirection. He's like, all right, confess that. Okay, you admit it's wrong. 
You want to be better? Great. Let's move on. I forgot it even happened. And some of us get stuck in this loop of, God, please forgive me. God, please forgive me for the same old sin. When God's like, okay, sis, like, I'm already way ahead of you here. We're, we've, we've done that. You've confessed your sin and I forgive you. You've truly repented. You're now placing boundaries so that you're not permitting yourself to sin willfully and always. You're taking precautions and you've apologized. You've admitted my way is right. You've confessed and I've told you that I will forgive you when you do that. When you truly repent. But we dwell on these things because we're beating ourselves up. And that, my friend, is condemnation. That keeps us distanced from God. That keeps us from experiencing his grace and his mercy fully. No more of that. We're done with that. We are going to delight in conviction, okay? So to tell the difference, condemnation gives you guilt and shame and heaviness and distance from God. Makes you feel bad and heavy. Conviction is like, all right, you're better than this. We're going to keep moving forward because you know what I have planned for you. The person I've created you to be needs to have good character, needs to show love, needs to be whole. So let's go. You know, let's do this. It's encouraging. It's loving. It's graceful. It's gentle. So let's read Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. This is the Amplified Version. I love the Amplified Version. It just gives you so much more. You'll see. Proverbs 3, 11, and 12. My son, do not reject or take lightly the discipline of the Lord. Learn from your mistakes and the testing that comes from his correction through discipline, nor despise his rebuke. For those whom the Lord loves, he corrects, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. He delights in you. Let's say your toddler, who is three years old, wants to touch a hot stove. No, don't touch it. They haven't even touched it yet. They don't know that it's painful. They just want to do it. Why? Because they're kids and they don't know better. They just want to do it. I have my mind set to something. I want to do it. But you as the parent know this will hurt them. So you're like, no. So they may cry for a little while. They may fuss and scream because they can't have their way. But you've saved them from pain, from a wound, from drama. This is how God loves on us. Just like you love on your toddler, God loves on you. We may go kicking and screaming, but if you rely on knowing that his way is best, that he knows better, that he already knows the future, it's easier to accept his correction and guidance. God is your father and he loves you, but he's also your teacher. He helps us unlearn the things that have caused us to have these atrocious communication skills or ways that we connect to people or filling voids with all these things that will never fulfill us fully. We unlearn. So the process of restoration is an unlearning process. And as we unlearn, as we become transformed in the renewing of our mind, like it says in Romans 12 and 2, let's read it. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be ye transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So as we unlearn, as we become sensitive to his correction, he puts in what needs to be there, and we can unlearn the things that we've been doing. 
So instead of getting angry or defensive when I'm trying to communicate, I'm able to receive. So God teaches us not only how to relate to him, but to other people. He helps you have a more prosperous and abundant life by teaching you how to have a relationship with him. By teaching you what it looks like to be loved. That way you know what true love is, not love that you need or feel you need, not the love that we seek out from people who we think can fulfill us, but the love that God gives, which is full and whole, full of joy and peace, and genuine love. That means he's not giving you everything you want because it may destroy you. You don't even know what you want, okay? You just think you know because of how you feel. So as we begin to allow God to teach us, we then can experience his peace and the fruits of applying his word. So now that we know what to do, God gives you a direction. You learn, I can't treat people like that. I can't be doing this or that, right? Now what do we do? You're praying and you're still worrying. When God said, be anxious for nothing, to cast your cares upon him. We know the truth, but now it's time to put it into practice, right? Once you learn things, you put it into practice. You know, when we take a test at school, we have to keep practicing it until it becomes second nature. You learned how to add and subtract in school, but now you do it second nature. You learn how to read in school, but now you do it second nature. It's the same thing. We apply it and we receive it and we understand it and then we establish it in our lives. So Philippians 4 and 9 says, the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Practice these things in daily life, and the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. Give yourself grace through this process. It's not easy to unlearn 10 years of something you've been doing out of habit. You're basically on autopilot. Give yourself grace. God is not just trying to punish you or make you suffer. He's showing you these things because he loves you and he has a better life for you ahead of you than the one that you were settling for, than the one where you're scrambling for love, scrambling to feel wanted and needed, scrambling to feel like you're in control of things, scrambling to feel like you're successful by painting this image of yourself that doesn't even exist, trying to hold up this impossible standard. Give yourself grace. He's doing it for a reason. 1 Peter 5 and 10 says, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts his blessing and favor, who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ, will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you, making you what you ought to be, bringing out the things in you that he sees in you, that you have not seen for yourself. You don't know how strong you are. You don't know how amazing you are at public speaking. You don't know how good you are at speaking a healing word to another person. You don't know how encouraging you can be. You don't know how comforting you can be to another person. You don't know how profitable you can be or make your business. You don't know how many people your ministry can reach, but he does. So as you get started in this process, it really does seem like God is being hard on you. When you first start, you're like, wow, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I do this wrong, right? Like, it's like, oh my God, Lord, like, do I do anything right? Why are you doing this to me? Well, sis, you were made to be a light. And what God does is he shines his light. The Bible is our mirror, okay? So it's sharper than a two-edged sword, it says in the word. So it is going to cut you. It prunes you, like in John 15. It prunes us. 
He prunes us through processes and experience, through his word. As you learn his word and put it into practice, it hurts at first. It's uncomfortable at first because you've never lived in this healthy, whole place before. But as you put this into, into practice, it becomes second nature. It becomes your life. We apply his wisdom. Sometimes we want God to be a genie and just snap his fingers and then we've just learned it. Okay, next, Lord. No. He wants to get to the root of it. He wants to heal that fear that causes you to try to hold on to people because you're afraid that they may leave you. Fear of abandonment. He wants to heal that pride within you so that you don't always try to take control of your life or plan things without him. See, your life changes when the wound is healed. And why does he want us to be fully healed? We were made to be a light. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, You are the light of Christ to the world, a city set on a hill that can't be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. God is not doing this to hurt you, to make you uncomfortable. He's doing this so that you can be a light and show others who may have been through things worse than you or who've been through things similar to you that God can help them as well. God can improve their life as well. God can heal them from their traumas and pain. God can heal them from the consequences of sin. God can use their lives to help others in the same way he's using you. You are a light. And what does it say? It says, nobody lights a lamp to put it under a basket to be hidden, but it's to be put on a lampstand. So he's not doing this to hurt you. He's doing this to put you in a position to shine. He has not been working on you for no reason. It's for a great reason. It's for his purpose. It's for his glory. And he wants to work through you to do it. So if you still feel purposeless or aimless and directionless after you've began your process of restoration with him, it's a lie, family, from the enemy. It's a lie. You have a purpose, for I have plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. You have a purpose. You are not aimless. Commit your way unto the Lord, and he will make your path straight. You are not aimless or directionless. You are going the right way with him. But the enemy tries to distract you. He tries to make you feel like you're doing this for no reason, like you're so wrong, like there's no way you're going to be restored. You've been through too much. No, those are lies, and we must cast them down. The word says to cast down every vain imagination, everything that exalts itself against what God says. So if God is correcting you and healing you and restoring you, and you know that that's what he is, you cast down that imagination. That is an imagination. It's not real. It's the enemy is a lot. Cast it down and continue and be persevering in this process. God is restoring you to be used for his plan for your life. Your testimony is going to come straight out of this time. The power of your testimony, the power behind your testimony comes from your experiences, comes from your pain. It comes from your specific story. You've been through all that. All that you've been through, God not only kept you, but he made you a better version of yourself. He gave you healthier relationships. He stripped you of the things that tried to steal your joy and peace and replaced it with wholeness and fullness in him. 
You know you were foolish, girl. What? You know you were foolish, but God kept you to get you to this place. And so now I know you're not going to give up on him because he surely didn't give up on you. You are breaking generational curses. Your mama was angry. Her mama was angry. They were in relationships that didn't treat them right. It's not going to be passed off to you, and you are not going to pass it off to your kids. They were broke. They prayed for just enough, right? Just for $40, just for enough to pay the rent, just for enough to fix the car. But no, nah, you are going to live in abundance. You are going to be healed and whole enough to have confidence in the God that you serve, enough to ask for more so that you can be a blessing. Like Abraham, you are being healed and being made whole in order so that you can break this generational curse of living in just enough. Living in a poverty mindset that was passed down to you from generation ends with you. Abundance isn't just with money. Abundance is with health, mental health, emotional health, relationships, purpose, your business, ministry. It ends with you and starts with you because God has brought you out of all of that pain in order to use you and you will pass it down. God is a generational God. He doesn't just think of you. You are a blessing to others. You are a light to others because of what God taught you. Your pain, everything you've been through, sis, that was rough, it's not just for you. It's for those that God will bring to you. Your story alone will attract people who will relate to you and your pain. It will show them God in a way that they understand. It's very specific. God is very strategic. Nothing is wasted with God. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So I want to end with Isaiah 60 and 1. And I'm going to speak this prophetically over your life. Arise from spiritual depression to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory and brilliance of the Lord, for your light has come. And the glory and brilliance of the Lord has risen upon you. For in fact, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness will cover the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you. Nothing will harm you or touch you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. His light shines upon you. His favor shines upon you. Let's keep going. His glory and brilliance will be seen on you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes around you and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from far away and your daughters will be looked after at their side. Then you will see and be radiant and your heart will tremble with joy and rejoice because the abundant wealth of the seas will be brought to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. Girl, listen, you got it. Look at this process as not as God picking out everything wrong with you, but as him shining his light on you. In every dark spot in you that you thought could never be healed or restored, he's redeeming it in this time. You are a light upon a hill that cannot be hid. He is going to use you for his purpose and his glory in such a great way. But get through this process. Everything he shows you, put it into practice. So that it becomes second nature to you. So that you will be a light. 
to everyone that is drawn to you. Your pain will not be wasted. It's being redeemed. As we speak right now, in the name of Jesus. Y'all have a great week. I hope this blesses you. And I will see you next time.